It ain't me. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is JP Watercooler, episode number 233. Today's topic is documentation for your WordPress project. Let's go around the room real quick, get everyone introduced. Ooh, we got a newbie today. Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Joe Howard. I am the head buff at WP Buffs. We provide ongoing support for WordPress websites. So you can think of us as a, a CTO for your website uh, or WordPress project. Uh, pro provide security, uh, maintenance, uh, website speed enhancements, all of the above. Um, so yeah, first time on the show and happy to be on. Awesome. Good to have you on. How about you, John? Hi, my name is John Brown. I run an agency called Nine Seeds while living the life of a digital nomad all over the world. Um, we've been around eight years doing custom WordPress development. Um, currently talking to you guys from California. Nice. Good to have you. Robert, how about you? Uh, Robert Gilmer with Shiny Nine Web Design, and I build stuff with WordPress, and I'm lead organizer for WordCamp Las Vegas. Awesome. How about you, Sarah? You muted. Try again. Someone has to unmute there. Man, if you guys mute me, you got to unmute me. Uh, I'm Sarah <laughs> Weefeld. I'm the project manager at Zeke Interactive. Awesome. I'm Jason Tucker. How about you, C? Tell us a little bit about yourself. The music. Come on, guys. <laughs> How did I get muted? You have the echo. We're trying to try to communicate the echo with you. First of all, I don't have an echo because I don't believe in letting the wiretapping listen all the time. <laughs> you, you are creating okay. an echo somewhere. Um. Second of all, uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say, but I'm Say, I'm Say. Hi, I'm Say. I'm Say. Um, and uh, you can follow me at Say Read Media, and you can talk to me. And yes, I am totally just as weird in person. That's true. I can attest. I, I do WordPress. I do WordPress <laughs> stuff too. Also, just that's not what I'm feeling today, so we're good. <laughs> Speaking of weed, Steve, tell us about yourself. I am Steve Zengit. I'm the founder of Interactive, <laughs> <laughs> and I lead the OC WordPress Meetup. Awesome. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on the Twitters, and I blog over at jasontucker.blog. All right, folks, let's talk a little bit about documentation and your WordPress projects. When you document things, you know, most uh, developers document by doing inline comments in their PHP, and then they say, well, what's the problem, client? Um, I wrote all of the documentation. It's in the code. Feel free to go look at it. No, we don't say that. <laughs> and you know, as long as you as long as you remove all the obscenities and all the things that you wrote in that code because you know that part of the project really ticked you off, um, you know, that that you have all of that documentation. So what what is it that uh that you guys are doing in the projects that you're working on that um you're writing documentation and then you're handing it off to your client and you're saying, Okay, here's everything that I wrote for, I built for you and go. So what what is it that you guys are doing to kind of pull that off? Well, we start with documentation. <laughs> go. You start with what? Was I muted? No, no, go for it. I I don't know what's happening here. Okay, hi. I'm so say, apparently. We I don't start, know what's going on. We start with documentation. So when we start working with somebody before we even start doing wireframes, we're just like, okay, what is the site to you? Uh, what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, if you're replacing an old site, what are the problems you have with your previous site? And then 
once we've identified all those, then we start identifying what the solutions might be. And this is all just written out. So, I mean, I could have anywhere from like 15 to 30 pages of text before, uh, before we have a single, you know, we, before we initiate a single Git repo. Makes, makes perfect sense. And so, so that's more along the lines of looking at what the, uh, the solution to the problem that you're building for the client is. So you may even be taking a lot of that, uh, a lot of the docs that you wrote up just kind of in your discovery phase and stuff and, and have kind of elaborated on that, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. We, we try, I mean, because, you know, it, it also helps you combat scope creep because then you have all this documentation. You can say, hey, you know, when we were talking about this particular feature, this is how we had initially planned for it, and this is what our estimate is based on. So if we need to expand this somehow, let's discuss what the impact to scope would be. Um, and it, so, so it becomes not only a way for everyone on your team, which is especially important if you have a, if you have a remote team and most of your team is just not with you every second of the day. Um, everyone has one place where they can refer back to to say, like, okay, this is actually what we're building. And it also helps um, so that no matter what your conversations are like with your client, if, you know, because it's because sometimes building a feature is like a game of telephone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if, if it's not written out, you could end up in deep trouble because your client's expecting this and you were planning to build this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I remember going to a WordCamp where somebody was talking about using uh, like doc blocks to kind of come up with a way of structuring the basics of the of the documentation based off of the functionality that they built, either via functions or classes or something like that. Have any of you guys explored using doc blocks to pull that off from PHP? Like like pulling the doc block out of your code and putting a PDF made up of okay. Um, yeah. Or at least using that as a way of sourcing that. So can I back up to what Sarah was saying just for a second? Yeah, please. Because apparently my mic wasn't working for a moment. No problem. <laughs> um, it sounds like I like what Sarah's saying. Like you kind of start with with forward-looking user stories, um, and then your documentation at the end of the project becomes backward-looking user stories, right? It's right. The, a user will be able to do X, Y, and Z, and then the documentation is a user can now do X, Y, and Z. Like it becomes just the same narrative is a good way to approach it. Um, we actually have, a, a, for full site builds, we do a lot of smaller work as well, but we have a document that we put together now that documents um, kind of this the original summary of work. Um, it's not a full user story of each feature kind of thing. It's, it's more, um, it's quicker, shorter than that. Um, and then documents kind of everything we've installed on the site, how it's expected to work, what their obligations are to maintain it, um, updates, that kind of thing. Um, what are you guys using? Um, both Sarah, because I wanted to ask you that, and John. Uh, are you just using Google Docs? Are you using a specific software? For me, I it's a Google, Google Doc. Doc. We export it as a PDF and deliver it to them. And it's something I wrote from scratch, basically. Uh, I think I got the idea of it like three years ago on a water cooler and finally made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> circle, we baby. have good ideas here. We do. Oh. What, we, what do you guys use, Ziki? Google Docs. Yeah. 
Google Docs, um, and, and the, the nice thing about Google Docs, and uh, just sort of reflecting on what both John and Sarah said, is documentation is a living, breathing thing, right? So it doesn't just stop, right? It, it, it needs to continue, and as the project changes, the documentation get it up, should get updated. As scope changes, the documentation should get updated. So it is a living document, and that's why Google Docs is perfect for it. I, think I, I would totally agree with that, but I will, I will readily admit our failing that we rarely update them. So we use Google Docs as well for, you know, we provide ongoing maintenance for WordPress, so we're not as much building new projects. But when we provide documentation, it's a lot of times it's in Google Doc. Uh, and we really use that for our internal purposes as well. Um, so we're, we have, you know, monthly tasks that go out to remind my, you know, especially for me, I have to remind myself every month, you know, I have to make sure I go through all my documents and update things. Um, since everything's so systematized, you really have to, make sure that's you know kept updated um, just like you said mm -hmm. I think that your your approach to that is great I'd like to talk a little bit also about non-custom dev so for example even documentation on themes or projects or if you do go in and help someone with something um, I have lots of clients who you know have a site made for them and their developer or their what I like to call configurer um, didn't provide any documentation whatsoever. And yeah. now that client is completely um, at sea in terms of understanding where to go and, and what to do to even just keep their site running as is. Then they end up Googling how to do things, which usually ports them over to WP Beginner, which has some sort of like, you know, code in it. <laughs> so I think I think what you're talking about is is part documentation and part part access codes, right? Just to run the site, you've got different access codes for all the different things that you do, right? You've got your WordPress login, you've got your you know your registrar login, your host login, all of that. Your WordPress.com login. Yeah. But all of those all of those logins should be gathered in a central place. We just recently That's went through an overhaul where we mm -hmm. put everything into one password. So we've got one password spaces for each of our projects, and that's where we store all of our logins. That's great. I wasn't talking about access control, but that is actually one that is a thing to talk about um, because, again, I spend – so, you know, I have these kind of hour-long meetings with my clients, whatnot, that are part of this, this program, but I spend a good 10 to 15 minutes two to three times a day with clients retrieving passwords. Yeah. And they're, they're all super apologetic and they're all like, oh, I'm so sorry. And it's it's across the board. So this is a problem that is uh, pervasive. Um, and there's there's not a really great solution, even like OnePass and LastPass. I mean, those can be really confusing to, to kind of lay people clients. Yeah. Raise your yeah. hand if you have a screenshot of the WordPress login window with an arrow pointing to the forgot password link. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just keep it on your desktop, right? Yeah. Everybody. What, but what do you guys think about the security of some of those systems? Because I've definitely thought about moving to like a OnePass or a LastPass or something like that. But I've also seen a lot of stuff that, you know, that a lot of news. Yeah, they get hacked. That, yeah, they get hacked. And I'm just okay. not sure how, how secure it is. But I'm not sure if it's a lot less secure than, let's say, a Google Doc or something. They, they, they so, do, but it's got to it's be stored somewhere, right? right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Are you sharing? That doesn't isn't encrypted or anything, and you're like, here's that PDF that I just made that has the arrow that points to the login screen that Don't has that. the text that's written in there. Don't do that. So, and, I mean, but here's the deal about referring... that, though. Go ahead, yeah. sir. If you're if you're referring to CloudBleed with one password, it was never actually like no passwords were ever actually exposed. Yeah. Heartbleed, CloudBleed, Heartbleed. Cloud Cloud Bleed. Bleed. I think it was CloudBleed. I hear about CloudBleed. 
Oh, I love all the fun names we come up with for this stuff. <laughs> cloud bleed was the Cloudflare SSL stuff. Mm. So, yeah. but I was gonna say, if you you know, sometimes I I almost think that it's um it's it's better just to literally write them down. For some of the clients that I work with, who are very kind of um. Uh, I don't want to use the word primitive, but some sort of synonym. synonym. So, like, so like, so like in, in war games when he went and he he, he knew it, where it was in the drawer, the password was pink. Yeah, like you can't hack that. You can't hack that. Oh, yes, you can. You saw, did you see war games? War games. Like, yes, <laughs> all, all my that passwords are right here on my monitor, right, right here, here in the drawer in the teacher's desk. Um, so, so wait a minute. The, it's, it's, I try to explain to my clients that it's easier for them to be hacked digitally. So sending unencrypted emails with their password is actually yep. more dangerous than having a piece of paper with it written down. So, so in terms of hackability, no one's really like hacking unless you have an enemy. No one's like opening your briefcase and like I'm gonna get their password sheet out of here. Like that's that's really not happening. But the, the the file that we're talking about or the information that we're talking about is is part of the deliverable when you're done with the project is here is the thing that we built you and here is all the supporting documentation that relates to it. Oh, and by the way, this little piece right here could also include passwords, uh, uh, license keys for the various things that they use for the plugins that they installed or any of those sorts of things. So I, I'm curious what you guys do to make that happen because I... I'm not entirely sure what the best way is to deliver it to the to the customer. So I do actually the opposite of that. So sorry, I'll, I'll just say real quick what it is. I I do the opposite insofar as I make them sign up. No, I'm answering his question. I have them sign up and get their password, and then I get the password from them. That's generally what I do. I make them sign up with their stuff. I'm very. Uh, it's you important for me to have for them have that stuff exactly. So right. I don't I don't deal with it that way. That's my solution. But when customers come to you with an existing site when they already have something, so one of the things that I'm sure we've all experienced is somebody comes to you with a site and they're like, I need to modify X Y Z, and you get into the code and not even into the code. You look at the plugins list and you're like, What do half of these plugins? Why is why is Contact Form Seven installed? And gravity form installed. What you don't need both. Two time, two two contact plugins gives you two times the contact form power. You'd think so. <laughs> uh, so we all get sites like that where you look at it and you're like, why do we need all this? What does this do? What's the purpose of this? What's the short code for this? That kind of thing. So uh, it would be good to have like a PDF or something, not necessarily with with passwords, unless you print it up and hand it to the customer. Um, but just like a PDF or something that details. One of the things that we do during discovery when we're taking on a, a project, especially when we're inheriting a project, is we go through the exact process that Robert just described, right? We gather all the login information, we gather, we look at all the plugins that are installed, we, we figure out what's being used, what's not, why it's being used, and we, we do the documentation if it doesn't exist. And I don't know that I've ever inherited a project that had any documentation. Hmm. That's exactly the problem. Hey, John, what do you do? That's because any project with documentation doesn't get handed off to new developers. That's because the original ones were good. Oh, sorry. Oh, excellent point, Mr. Brown. No, I was curious what Steve was doing on the one password front. The reason being is that internally, Nine Seeds has very strict password control. We have five levels of password vaults as to who has access to what, our own passwords, our clients' passwords, et cetera. 
but that is completely internal to the team and we manage that really well. We don't have a good system for documenting clients' passwords in a way that we manage, co-manage with them. And I'm curious, are you saying as part of your system, you you have like a vault or a, a group that you we, do share? We have so vaults you, for each project, yeah. Every single project's own vault. And is that the one password cloud-based system or yeah. is it desktop? Okay. Yeah. Cool. We haven't one switched over. Cloud. Yeah. Got it. Um, and what, one of the things that I was going to say is, um, you know, there, there's a reason to use systems that allow multiple users, like MailChimp, for instance, right? With, with my clients that use MailChimp, they can add us as a user. WP Engine has it as well. They can just add us as a user. So there is no sharing of passwords at that point. Yeah. Client has their own password. We have ours, and we can both access the same system. And there's something to be said for systems that, that, that allow you to have multiple users. Yeah, that's best. also true of GoDaddy does that with their GoDaddy Pro site stuff. Yeah. Um, Flywheel Web, I know, is adding that. Um, Flywheel does all of the big hosts and stuff, too. Ironically, the one system that doesn't do that that drives me crazy is Cloudflare. Um, mm. Cloudflare has single user access still, which just drives me crazy. I think that any system that is starting to at least tailor itself to developers a little bit should be like, that should be like their first step. It's such a usability thing. It's such a liability thing. I, I think it's remiss of some uh, a service as scaled as Cloudflare, as important to developers as Cloudflare, to not have that double login. You know, um, Say said something interesting that she spends a, a, an inordinate amount of time uh, with her clients just digging up passwords, right? Digging yeah. up logins, things like that. Part of the way I sell discovery to the client is, hey, we're going to do this once, right? We're going to spend the time and get everything documented and on paper once so that we don't have to spend time each time we ramp up on the project looking for logins. Yeah, Steve, that's totally right. So I'll, I'll tell, Jason had brought up the code and PHP doc and stuff, and I'll tell a little um, semi-anonymized story here is that very recently we re relaunched a, a news media publishing site that was built by another um, notable agency in this space of, like 10 years ago. Um, actually, I'll, I'll say it was built by Alex King back in the early, early crowd paper days. And it was impressive that they had README documentation in their theme folders explaining how they had built their Gulp, SUSE, Compass-based setup. Um, in picking up this project that hadn't been touched by anybody in about four or five years, it was grossly outdated, but it was at least still a starting point um, to figure out how it had been built before. Um, it kind of reminds me that good development means not only are you documenting things for your client in a client-readable way, but you're also documenting things for other developers down the road. Um, this was a, a great example. Um, yeah. I ended up ripping out all the old Compass CC stuff and moving it up to SAS and Node. But um, point being is it was it was a lot easier because somebody had taken the time to put a README file in the theme folder that explained their build process. Um, we don't internally at Nineseeds use PHP documentation doc blocks very well. We put a little bit of it in there, but frankly, because we don't use a PHP build tool or IDE like that that manages a lot of that, it's kind of haphazard. I'd be curious if um, Zeke or you guys are doing something a little bit different there. But. Well, it just seems like a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that I've read regarding using PHP blocks and PHP docs to kind of pull that off is that at some point you can then parse all of the files that are in the project 
collect all that data and then say, okay, here's this function, here's its its functionality, and here's the various parameters that it needs to be able to, in order for it to be executed properly. And so you can kind of look at all of that all in one thing. Now, mind you, that's very much so a like a developer-y way of looking at the project, but if you're a developer that's inheriting the project and somebody spent the time to actually put together great docs, um, it's gonna be really easy for Steve to just go run a thing that says, here's everything that's in this project and all the functions that are th that exist, and here's how I used them. Well, the thing, sorry, just real quick, Steve. Um, the, I, I don't think that PHP blocks and stuff like that is necessarily wrong, but I think that if you have to take an extra step, even if it's just for a developer in order to access all the documentation that is uh, unnecessarily obfuscating stuff that somebody needs, we put oh, totally. all the we put all yeah. the documentation in the Git repo. We even have our entire internal process in its own Git repo. So whenever somebody needs to access anything, we're like, okay, here's our repo of the code. Here's our repo of how we manage it. Go. Well, yeah, yeah no, I, I get that. But I think amazing. the thing is regarding that is that it, somebody who's inheriting the site isn't going to inherit the, the you know, the uh, login um, credentials for the repo. You guys could get hit by a bus, and now you know somebody else is looking at the project, going, "Okay, well, um, you know, all of this portable built into the file content, you know, isn't there, and um, I now have no idea why it is that they wrote this thing, other than you know maybe some things that are in the code that are you know somebody getting mad about the, the part of the project that they're working on, so they're writing a bunch of obscenities wow. into the comments, so." <laughs> We actually, uh, um, so so the way we say hit by our hit by a bus plan, we call it the win the lottery plan. Like I think it's still a little bit more positive. So if Sarah and I win the lottery tomorrow and we're not around, right? Um, right. Then, that is a way better way to phrase that. Absolutely. Except so, except you're still I, alive. I literally used so this you could still uh, right. The client yesterday. However, we're, we oh, we we put in our contracts. We're contractually obligated to give. Uh, GitHub access to our clients, right? So oh, they okay. they have the access they need if they need to take it to another developer. Not all developers nice. are created equally. Not everybody does this, but we we educate our clients that hey, look, we'd like to, to work with you forever, right? But if you do move on, that's okay, and you have the access that you need to move on. Uh, we're going to support you if you need to move on. But like I said, if we get hit by the lottery, you're protected. <laughs> hit by the lottery. Hit by, get, hit by the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, like you, that see, you have to play the win, though. That's the problem. And when you when you get hit by a bus, you're not playing the win. You um, oh. accidentally have something happen to you. So if, if we win, so if we if we win the bus, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to clarify. I'd like to clarify, you, you're still talking about the code documentation, right, as opposed to use documentation for the client, or are you also putting use and instructional stuff into your Git repo also? Use all goes into plain language, Google Docs, PDFs that get delivered to the client. Uh, just, you know, removing as many layers of difficulty to access the information as possible. Nice. But you still want, within the, within the file itself, you still want a good doc block that's going to say, you know, what type of parameters am I expecting? You know, what does this this take? What does it output? I mean, standard parameter returns. Yeah, yeah sure. and those, there are, there are um, services out there that will parse your PHP doc blocks and make them into a really accessible website, which to me is an easier way to read and click through everything and see what the parameters are. Um, the same thing exists for most APIs these days, right? Like, they're kind of, they self-create their own documentation that way. Um, PHP Documenter is one of the ones for PHP doc blocks, but there are others. Um, 
It's just I rarely see that done in the WordPress space. Um, there are a few people I know pushing for it, love them, just still rarely ever see it. Well, and there's developers who do good doc blocks too. Yeah, I mean, some do it, and they're usually using an IDE, and they're working in PHP beyond just the WordPress space. They're in Laravel, they're in Cake, they're in Symfony. Like, it's just part of their process. I'd, I'd love to see more of that in the WordPress space than we currently do. Yep. I have a question. What do you guys do in terms of documenting plugins and plugin use that you're using? Do you link to the plugin docs? Do you provide your own summarized version of that or a specialized version off of what you know you may have configured especially for that plugin? Or how do you handle external components in your docs? Give me um, Go ahead, sir. I was going to say, give me an example, right? So, uh, you know, are we just talking about an off-the-shelf plugin that we've configured, we've installed and configured? Yeah, like, say Yoast SEO, right? You, say you're using Yoast SEO in your thing. Maybe they don't ever have to go in there, so that's not necessarily the greatest example. But uh, if you're using, I don't know, Enviro Gallery or, like, you know, some some component where you, you're using, or WooCommerce, you know, you're using some sort of external component that has its own documentation, but that might not be the similar kind of tone and approach that your documentation does. Do you, what do you, what do you do? Or do you just not provide well, that or? So I'll tell you what we put in our site launch doc for our clients, which is basically a, you're using this plugin and in one line, what this plugin's primary purpose is, right? So, you know, we're using Yoast SEO. It's currently at this version. And then we say, this is the most popular SEO plugin. It's what we recommend using. It requires you set up this. Um, and we're currently using it for XML sitemaps, breadcrumbs, Facebook and open graph connections, end of sentence. And we do that for kind of each plugin that offers some core functionality to the site. The same is yeah. true of forms and whatever else. Um, that doesn't say somebody won't come along later and add other plugins, but it gives them a very clear, plain language explanation of, if this you're looking for this functionality, this is how we provided it. Just yeah. How do you do you document using it though? If someone, if it's if it's a plugin that they have to use, and that's what, that's where I was asking for specific mm. examples because use is really part of the whole system, right? It, it, the, the plugins and, and the custom code that was created make up one entire system. So a use doc is going to be here's like if you're using WooCommerce, here's how to enter a product. Right? We don't talk about the plugin specifically. We talk about how to use the system that we've created. That's so, awesome. And part of, part of that, that's, that's what I would consider to be best practice, just FYI. And, and part of it, too, is that we provide training. And when we do the training, we do it on GoToMeeting through screen share, and we video it and then give the video. And then that becomes part of the documentation as well. And you can integrate SideDoc into the, into the site as well and record your own videos to show the sort of custom things that, that you've built. Yeah, and, we've you know, used, um, we use WP101, Sean Haskis plug-in for mm -hmm. basic WordPress tutorials. We put that in almost all the sites that we maintain on an ongoing basis. And then if there is custom functionality we built that requires some kind of user flow understanding, we record a screencast of that and put that in there as well as a custom video. Um, most of the stuff we do, we don't need custom videos to understand. But if there's something, we, we try to do that. Anytime we record a screencast, because that's the better way to explain it, we try to put it in there. I, I just I just want to underscore that I, I think that approach that you're talking about, Steve, which is this is not a site 
with one thing and a bunch of different components slapped on, but really approaching it as a as a, as a whole use case, as the whole site. I think that is um, rarer than it should be in the way that people approach WordPress sites. And then I think that that causes fracturing on the user side where they're like, overwhelmed by these different things instead of these different components instead of thinking of their their site as one thing that does a bunch of stuff so and the the site users and our clients don't know, don't know or really care what plugins were used to make up the system mm -hmm. they just know that we've delivered a system but the the document the deliverable with what plugins were used and why is really more for other developers that's correct yeah and, yeah. You know, and for future proofing and a couple, couple times during this during this show, we've talked about handing off a project to other developers. Right, part of documenting for for um, other developers is also documenting for your own team and your future self. Right. <laughs> so, so I, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't. I'm not a great. Uh, I'm, I'm not great when it comes to documenting my own code, and I know that because I've looked back at my own code years later, and I'm, and I, and I can't figure out what I did. It's the looking at your old own old cold is the worst. You're like, <laughs> and, don't, and don't. Cool. Well, that's about it for today, folks. Thank you very much for hanging out and being on the show. We really appreciate it. If you like this particular content, hit the little thumbs up button on whatever it is that you're listening to or playing this on. And if you enjoyed this content and you want to get notified when we come out with more, hit the subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Go over to dopeuarco.com slash subscribe for all of those subscribe links. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye. Bye.